Accidental Hope listeners, wanted to let you know that we have launched a Patreon. If you're interested in giving from a joyful heart, please follow Patreon forward slash Accidental Hope, and I would love your support. If this blesses you today, would you mind liking, sharing, following, subscribing, tell a friend, or even leaving a review? Thanks so much. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today on Accidental Hope. I am so Glad to have you. Thanks for coming in and sitting with us. We have an exceptional guest today, a new friend of mine, a friend of a friend. I love how God connects people. Her name is Sarah Nelson, and she is an author, but also a wife and a mother, a leader in her church. And And I just want to um, take a second and and really dig into what she has to share with us about crisis and and how to draw closer to the Lord in the midst of suffering and incredible circumstances. So please welcome Sarah, grab your tea, grab your coffee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jen. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, right now <laughs> we're in the middle of this winter apocalypse thing and it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of people, I mean, not to mention just the pandemic, but here in Texas, like this crisis thing is a real big deal. So tell us about yourself and how you guys are doing. You know, we are okay. We are very fortunate because for some reason we got lucky enough that we have not lost power. And so we've tried to, you know, extend our home and and food and whatever we can to the people who have lost power. And we know that there are so many people who are really struggling. I know my parents hadn't had power, um, but they lived far, you know, far away enough where they couldn't come to the house. So you feel so helpless because you can't necessarily get out and help people like you normally normally would want to under the conditions. But we are good. We are just hunkered down. We are just um, trying to stay warm and praying for all the ones out there that don't have water and that don't have power because we know that that's really difficult right now. It's, it's interesting, these lessons that we are currently learning the last couple of years. And I think it's going to be good overall. It's hard but I feel like it's going to be good. I kind of, I haven't got to read your book yet. It's on my list. When Amazon gets moving again, it's going to come here. Yes. It's called a perfect storm. A perfect storm. Devotions during a crisis. Absolutely. It's very timely. You know, I I had wanted to release this book. I released it February 3rd before any of this apocalyptic snow headed toward Texas. And I say that tongue in cheek, but it's obviously been a very, very big crisis that we were not expecting, obviously coming out of the pandemic. You know, in Texas, a lot of us have been able to get back to normal, but there have been so many people that and around in our country and our world that haven't had that normality. And even our new normal is not really normal yet. And so we're all coming off the heels and still in this pandemic and Corona situation. And now we're hit with another wave. And again, on the news the other day for Texas, they called it a perfect storm. And here I am with this new release thinking, okay, crisis is at the forefront of everyone's mind not just because it's a part of life and unfortunately those things happen to us individually, but we have experienced it together in a realm, in a place, in a way that 
people in the past or different generations may or may not have experienced. It's just been completely unprecedented. For sure. And that can bring out like the, the best and the worst of us, right? But I believe when we see the best, we need to honor that. And when we see those little things that fester, I feel like those are opportunities too, you know, to grow and to repent and, you know, regather, course correct, all those things that um, crisis and suffering and even coming through a storm. I love that, you know, I generally am like a storm watcher. One of my favorite Bible verses is in James where, you know, you're at like a ship tossed at sea. I love that idea of when you don't have that anchor and that's really what the devotional can be about. And so tell us a little bit about the heart behind the book. Well, in 2014, um, we went on a family ski trip. I have three children and they were two, five and seven at the time. And we were in Utah and we woke up the day after we arrived and I noticed something was different about my youngest daughter, Adelie, she was two. And I knew something wasn't right. Well, after that day, we took her into the hospital. She was diagnosed that she was having an, an ischemic stroke on the left side of her brain. And as we watched her, we watched her lose her ability on the right side of her body. She lost her ability to speak. And fortunately, she was very chatty at that age. And so I was able to identify that right away, fortunately. And she lost, again, her ability to walk, talk, and speak. And we just kind of watched her body debilitate in front of our eyes. And it was it was hard and awful and a crisis. And you watch your child in a life-threatening situation and you don't really know what that feels like, or you can't even really go there in emotional, in those emotional places unless you've actually experienced it. And it just kind of opens up a depth in your heart and your soul as a parent that leaves it open, I think, to feel and to be raw, but to also figure out how am I going to deal with this and who am I going to look to, to fill this place. And so that is what this devotion is about. We were in the hospital for two weeks in Utah uh, before we even got to come home to Texas. Once she was out of the hospital and they released her, uh, once she was stable, she then was readmitted into uh, a rehabilitation center in Dallas for children. It's a rehabilitation hospital at the time under the Baylor uh, Scott and White Medical Network, and it was called Our Children's House, and so she was there for about a month, and she did regain some of her abilities and then was able to come home as a normal child. I say that because it was incredible. It was a miracle. It was incredible to watch her progress the way it happened. Um, but fast forward, then once we got home, we were dealing with medical, anyone who has had a child go through any type of illness or trauma or life-threatening situation or cancer, they know the medical just daily routine and things you have to do and the rehab. And so she was in rehabilitation for two and a half years, almost three years until she went into school. And so our whole life was turned upside down. And so the story is laid out in a 28 day devotional. And I received scripture from my friends and they gave me scripture. It was actually our class at our Sunday morning class at church. And they put together these scriptures on note cards 
and they put them on this three ring binder and they gave it to us when we were in the hospital. And each one of those scriptures just breathed lessons and life and hope and peace. And God made me acutely aware of my surroundings and, and the lessons that he was teaching me. And so these lessons are laid out as the story unfolds in this devotional. And a devotional with a true story as a background is very unconventional. I actually approached a doctor of theology at Truett Seminary um, who is actually on staff at our church and just said, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing my due diligence to make sure that this is, um, this is godly, this is right, this is the right way uh, that we are ministering in an authentic and real yet sound place for people and just got a lot of encouragement. Um, but that's what the devotional is about. It walks people through the journey, but it is for anyone going through a crisis because these lessons of scripture don't apply to just one person. They apply to any and every one of us. And we can take that and we can apply it to ourselves as we walk through difficulty. Oh my goodness. I love it because scripture is God breathed. It it is fascinating to me. I, I you can see me in my closet. I have post-it notes of scripture. Oh, you can't see. That's a purse. Hold on. I don't know. Can you see those post-it notes? I, I do. Know. Yes. Okay, I see okay. them right now. Okay. Well, there used to be a desk right here. I'm sitting on the floor right now, but okay. One, how amazing is it that the body of Christ, your your church community came together for you in the most beautiful, simple way. You know, so many times people are like, oh, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Sometimes it's the most simple, sweetest things like a scripture because you are, you're literally in survival mode in this type of situation. And just that simple note where you can't look through the Bible and try to think and you can't even maybe recall. And then just that simple gesture made such a huge impact on your life. And, and that's amazing. Um, go first Woodway. <laughs> you they, know? Were, they were incredible. Our family, our friends, our community, our church. I really call Waco the ground zero mm. because I called on our friends to pray yeah. for our daughter yeah. and they lifted us up in a way where when you are in a crisis like that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you feel that you are being held up by the Lord. You can feel those prayers and it's very, very difficult to explain, but when people are praying for you, you can absolutely feel God's presence through those prayers. Absolutely. Oh, so if you're listening and you happen to come upon any kind of crisis, this is one simple way that you could just love on someone, either by the book or, or sharing a scripture, because the Holy Spirit will do the work. You just send it and let God work, and you never know what kind of fruit can come from that. That is amazing. So tell us, how is she doing now? She is doing very, very well. She lives a normal life. She's very intelligent. Um, she's funny. She uh, is the life of the party. She's very social. Um, we recently have still had to work through some learning issues in some very specific areas at school. And um, we have some meetings that will be coming up to help her with some additional needs that she has. You know, her case has been very interesting because it's very unique. Um, when a child has a stroke and this side of the brain in this particular area, it does not affect them cognitively 
it affects them physically, but she still lost her speech, which is kind of in the language part of her brain. And so there are still some issues with just processing and things like that when you are sitting down working through a story. It's been very specific. Like you said earlier, uh, and you may have mentioned that um, it's really important as a parent to go with your gut because when you have an intuition that your child has something wrong, there may be people around you that say, oh, they're fine. Oh, they're recovered. Oh, they're going well. But you as a parent know that child better than any other person. And you know within your intuition that has, is God-given and God-breathed, if something is wrong, don't stop seeking advice. Keep pushing. You are your child's greatest advocate. And that is so important. Amen. That is a lesson that I've learned and a lesson that I've been able to just encourage other women about, young moms, um, because that wasn't just the situation when I, I felt like something wrong before I took her into the hospital when she had a stroke, but it's been ongoing as far as continuing to ask the doctors questions, meeting additional needs. If there are things that have come up, we've been able to bring that to their attention to help her in any way we can. And it makes all the difference in the world for your child. Mm, for sure. Oh, yep. I second that. You got to go with your gut. You got to listen because that's the Holy Spirit. He did. He gave you, he, he gave you a unique connection to your child, whether that's anything that you're feeling like, you know, I mean, and you think about teenagers like drugs, course correcting, I mean, anything, just mm -hmm. trust your, trust your, your heart on that. That's good. When I was um, thinking, just kind of learning your story and how it was evolving, I was just thinking about how, how God intertwines stories. And I don't know if we're mutual friends, but Elizabeth Oates, and she says, there's a power of owning your story. And I can't wait to read it because I know that there's going to be layers of different relationships that were, you know, um, what's that scripture where it's like you're pressed down, you know, you're, you're feeling a little bit of, cr you're crushed because you're away from Utah, you're feeling vulnerable, you're, you're, you know, you're going to have to get home, there's your other children to think about, there's, there's so many, your, your marriage, your business, and I don't, I haven't read the book yet, but I bet there is like just seeing how all the different layers of things that are going to happen during crisis and suffering. But now here you are years later and you can say, we've come out the other side. Do you feel like this suffering produced character? Like, do you see it? Do you feel how God worked and moved and that almost it was necessary in some ways or not. I mean, you can answer that honestly, but like I can see beauty from ashes. Absolutely. I mean, no, no, no one wants to say, yes, I would wish that upon my child so I could go through that again. Absolutely. But at the same time, we no can, agree. Not saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know you're not at all, but I, I do think it's important to be, to be authentic with that first thought. Cause I know that there are going to people be people out there thinking that, but at the same time, God, when God reveals himself to you, there is something so tender and sweet. And the whole lesson of this whole devotional is that God wants to, uh, he wants us to experience his presence. He wants to comfort us. He wants to provide the comfort and peace, the eternal perspective. He wants us to receive the goodness that he has for us 
to understand his goodness may not want us to go through this crisis, but it will bring us out on the other side. It, he will give us strength. That is the point, is that his strength will sustain us regardless of our circumstances because he is God. And the other thing that has been so important and the, really is the true point of the devotional is that he wants to take our crisis and use it to help other people and to glorify him. You know, we Amen. can receive comfort, we can receive his mercies, and sometimes we are meant to just receive it and be in a place where he can just uh, love on us. That is so important. But then there are times where he wants to take it and let us use it in a way that reaches people's hearts because God speaks in several ways. He speaks through his scripture. He speaks through the Holy Spirit and he will speak through other people. And we as people are called to obey. So to let the Holy Spirit do the job that only the Holy Spirit can do. And this whole devotional is just wrapped up in those lessons. And I am so grateful that he made me acutely aware of what was going on because I knew even in the hospital that this was a situation that was meant to be shared. I knew it. I've had other situations in my life where the Lord has ministered to me and it was meant to be personal and it was meant to be intimate and it was meant to be just between me and God. And I never felt compelled to share those instances in, a, in the way that I was compelled to share this story, this testimony of faith. And I knew in my heart of hearts, I was, it was meant to be shared. And so I knew that there was a reason for that. I know that there's a reason for that. And I believe one of the reasons wholeheartedly and know, and it's in this story of how he has done that already, is how we use how, what we learn from crisis to turn around and minister to other people who are going through similar circumstances. Oh, so good. You know, that touches my heart. That's my why too, friend. That's my why too. I love it. You know, I'm really curious, like, how does your faith journey start? Like, have, were you raised in the church? Where where was your moment where faith became so real? Was it this this situation with your daughter or was it before that? When did it become like... Like you knew that you knew that you knew in your heart, God was real. Well, I did grow up in a Christian home. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And I did receive Christ at a young age and I did experience him at a young age. And what I feel like that conditioned me to do is learn how to recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when he speaks to us and don't get me wrong, there have been times where I fell off course. I got off track. I made mistakes. I suffered those consequences. Uh, you know, certainly have learned the hard way in some instances. Uh, but along that journey, the Lord always pursued me. He what He pursues us. So if we open our eyes and ears, we will realize that that constant pursuit is teaching us how to recognize when he's speaking to us, how to recognize his presence. And that is an ongoing process. So yes, I was very, very fortunate to start that and just experience God's realness early on in my life, um, but certainly experienced a manifestation. And I know he spoke to me standing there in the hospital. 
and I did experience his presence in a way that is powerful. And when he reveals himself to us in the way that he revealed himself to me, it's, it's truly, truly incredible. And you know, in that instance, that God is real. So there are times in my life where I think, why would, why would that happen? Or I'm not sure if I believe a certain concept, or if you start asking questions about faith, and that's okay when you do that, when you've experienced the Holy Spirit in a true and real way where you know he is with you, that grounds you in your faith. And so for me, that has just been a grounding force of just experiencing his presence, um, especially in, in the way that I did in the hospital. Mm, so good. It's so true. And, and I think having that, um, that peace beyond understanding, you know, when there's so much chaos and so unknown around you, and then to have those intimate I guess that those tools already in you. So I always tell people, you know, it's important to not be complacent in your faith to, because it's not when, it's not if crisis will ever come, right? That's it's, right. It's when, and, and you know, and we never know where that wrestling of our faith will come. But if you have already made those steps to know the Lord and to read his scripture and have those little moments with him, when the crisis hit, it may take a little bit to kind of get your grounding, but it's there. It is, it is in there. It is, it is already there. Have these conversations with your kids before the crisis hits, you know, and it's there and it will, you know, manifest itself. Like you said, do you have any last message of hope for anyone who is walking the fire right now? Like that one little message that you want to say that maybe something we haven't shared um, in our conversation so far Absolutely. Just know God is good and he does not want these bad things to happen to us. He doesn't want us to have to suffer, but unfortunately it is a part of sin in this world. But what we can hold on to is that he is God and he is constant and he is good and he wants to be there for us. And his strength is stronger than anything that we're going through. This life is filled with hardship and, and death and sickness, but there is more hope than there is death. There is more victory than there is defeat. And there is more goodness through Jesus Christ than there is any darkness. And he is a light in the darkness. And that is the message and the hope that I want people to hold on to. And one of the things that he said to me in the hospital, I was in the ER looking down a dark corridor as they whisked my daughter away for her MRI. They had just told us she had a stroke. I was feeling the stress in my stomach. It was like a ball of knots pulling in a thousand different directions and the rug of normality had been completely pulled out from under us. Her body was broken. We didn't know what her life was gonna look like. We didn't know if she was gonna recover. We didn't know what that looked like. There are no guarantees and there are no guarantees in this lifetime. But all of a sudden I'm standing there and I just feel this, this horrible anguish. And the Lord came over me and he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He spoke his word to me. And then he said, Sarah, I am here. I am God and I am constant. So he spoke his word. He reminded me of who he is and his promise that he will never leave us. 
And it also gave me this perspective of eternal hope, a hope beyond this temporary realm where my daughter's body was broken and I didn't know if she would ever recover, but it gave me the hope that one day in eternity with Jesus Christ, she would be whole again. And it just gave me this perspective of how quick and how temporary this time on earth really and truly is. And it allowed this peace to just overcome me. And it's as if he draped this cloak of peace around my shoulders. And it didn't take away the ball of stress in my stomach, but it definitely gave me strength to deal with it and to sustain it. And he sustained me. And I literally will forever wear that around my neck. I feel like I always know what that feels like. And so there are days where I just remember back on that. And if someone is grasping for hope, there is eternal hope. You know, we, we don't always get to recover in this lifetime the way someone else may recover. We may not always get to see or understand the big picture on this side of heaven, but we will understand it one day. And there is hope and there is eternal hope in that. I'm crying. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Gave me goosebumps. Um, yeah, that's good. Our hope is in Jesus. It's there. It's live and well, and he's waiting for you to walk with you through your suffering. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your heart. Where can our listeners find you um, if they want to read the book or get to know you, what you're doing? They can go to my blog. It's sarahnelsonblog.com, and they can go on and log in. Uh, well, they can actually go buy the book on the link. It is available uh, through Amazon right now in paperback and Kindle. And it will also be, will, uh, excuse me, also be coming through Barnes & Noble as well. But really, if they want to get in touch with me and contact me, go to my website. I would love to connect with people and just hear their stories. There's so many stories out there, you know, and we have so much to learn from each other. And I would love to hear from them. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming. It was such a great conversation. Oh, thank I'm so you glad so much to... for having me, Jen. Yes, it's a great, I mean, here we are. I love how I got a new friend. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember to see Cope and share it. Come back next week. Bye. Happy Music Number 7 brought to you by scottholmesmusic.com.